Hello there, Nicola Barden here from Q102's Weekend Buzz. I hope you are all doing really well and thank you so, so much for pressing play today to listen to this episode. Before I let you listen to the whole thing, I just have a little bit of news for you. So if you're a fan of the Weekend Buzz or this is the first time you've ever listened to it, amazing and thank you and scroll back. We've got over 70 episodes there. So there's some great chats for you to listen to from the likes of the cast of SVU, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Grey's Anatomy, loads of stuff, some amazing singers, reality stars, great in-depth conversations for you to enjoy and I know that's what you're here for so that's why I have to tell you my news I have rebranded the show and it is now strictly podcast so it's no longer on radio it is just podcast and it goes under the name tis yourself so do come and find us we're on um, Instagram and Twitter and obviously all the places that you're listening to podcasts so if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google, Castbox, Good Pods, Spotify we are there I am there with my over 50 guests, fantastic guests. You're going to love some of them. They're absolutely amazing. So we've got some of the cast from like Games of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Yes, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Can you believe it? Uh, Some amazing singers like Shane Ward, Matt Cardle are there. We have the actor Jerry O'Connell, who had some surprising roots to Ireland, you won't believe. We have... The likes of Tom Lenk from Buffy, who played Andrew. Um, if you're Irish, you'll know the names James Patrice, Trisha's Transformation, Tommy Fleming, the Nolan family. There's loads and loads of stuff in there. We've Sarah Jane Dunn from Hollyoaks. We've got some cast of EastEnders. So there's a real mix of Irish, UK, US guests. And we're just adding to them every single day. We're getting some new guests. Season four is just about to be launched. So come and join me. I'm over here waiting for you to discover me. That's Tiz Yourself with me, Nicola Barden. Hope you enjoy this episode. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Weekend Buzz with Nicola Barden. Yes, it is The Weekend Buzz here on Dublin's Q102 with me, Nicola Barden. How are you doing this morning? If you've just tuned in, well, we've had a great little show so far and it's going to get even better through it. My next guest, if you're a fan of country music, you will definitely know her. She is often touring around the country, but unfortunately that has all been put on hold. And instead, she's using her voice now to present a podcast called the Lisa McHugh Podcast. That pretty much gives away who my next guest Lisa McHugh is on the phone with me right now. Hi, Nicola. I was just saying there that most people know you from, uh, you know, singing and stuff, but obviously that's all been put on hold at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the the pause button has been pressed for 
it's almost a year now. Um, well, to be honest, it's, it's over a year since I've done my last gig. I done my last gig on New Year's Eve of 2019 into 20. So it's been a long, long time, to be honest. Um, New Year's Eve you know 2019 what? seems like... 50 years ago <laughs> I know doesn't it it's actually bizarre because it seems like the longest time ever but it's also flown by as well in certain ways yeah um, but yeah definitely missing the singing absolutely because you know you did that gig and you obviously had the year planned out in your head of what was going to happen what festivals you'd be playing what gigs you'd be playing maybe dates that mightn't have been announced and next thing it's like I know I know and, and to be honest the year before that in 2019 I had taken a, a deliberate break from touring to concentrate on songwriting and to release new music and then 2020 was supposed to be you know a, a huge year for, for me and, and my team um, I had so many amazing opportunities planned um, the likes of Electric Picnic and Kaleidoscope and Country to Country Festival and supporting Tom Jones and there was just so many things that I was we were all so excited for because we'd worked incredibly hard to, to make them happen and and then it was just a domino effect from March right through the entire year. And every time I got a call from my manager, I was almost, I was almost going to ignore it because I knew what was coming. <laughs> you know, one had been cancelled. But listen, you know, we're, we're lucky that you know the majority of the, the shows have been rescheduled this year. And I suppose we're just in a position now where we're just praying that everything is going to actually happen this year. Because God knows if if two years happens, you know, it would be an absolute disaster for for so many not just myself got an email this morning I bought her tickets for Ian Sterling the comedian in um, Vicker Street and it was meant to be mm-hmm. May 2020 May, yeah May 2020 then it got postponed to April 2021 and I was like oh sure you'll be grand like this will mm-hmm. be gone by next year and so I just got an email mm-hmm. this morning this has been postponned until May 2022 I'm like Oh my God, that's insane. Yeah. So anything that was postponed to maybe the, the first few months of this year has now been, is now being rescheduled again. Yeah, yeah. And you know, to be honest, you're almost kind of afraid to plan or put any dates in um, and announce anything at the minute because the last thing we want to do is say, oh, by the way, we have to reschedule this again. Uh, you know, it's just a nightmare and it causes more disappointment for everyone involved, not just the, the audience or people who have bought tickets, but for, for the acts and, and for everyone, you know, who's working on a specific show or a tour or whatever the case may be. So at the minute, everyone's kind of sitting in a bit of limbo because we just don't know that's the problem do you um, just have, have it in your head now that you just don't get your hopes up yet about anything until you know you start seeing things being lifted yeah, do you know what, Nicola? I'm actually quite like that anyway, <laughs> because um, over the years I've I've learned that uh, anytime I kind of get very excited and myself, you know, geared up for something that's a massive opportunity, I get so excited. And more often than not, over the last you know decade or so, some of those opportunities have got to the last point, and then circumstances have changed and they've not happened. So I leave myself incredibly disappointed. So I've kind of up a bit of a resistance to you know anytime someone says you have a massive opportunity it's going to be this date it's going to be that and this is going to be so good and it's going to be you know the best thing ever I tend to be like yeah okay yeah amazing fantastic I'm looking forward to it but I don't actually fully get myself really worked up and excited until I'm literally in the 
car driving to whatever it is until <laughs> um, you put your foot on the that stage. disappointment yeah exactly I suppose in this uh, especially this year this is probably the perfect attitude to have because I've spoken to so many acts over the last you know 10 11 months and they're like you know oh my gig is going to go ahead in September and then September comes and like okay well no it's going to go ahead in January and I'm like oh you just see you see these things coming and you know like I have tickets for Dermot Kennedy in June and then my head I'm going is it going ahead like really mm-hmm. but I'm trying not to get my hopes up about it you know that kind of way and I think it's the audiences yeah. are now at least the same if they have tickets to go see you they do have it in their head that maybe that's going to be possible. yeah yeah I think now it's not that it was you know anyone's fault in the, previously as in the artists or any or promoters or anyone who's cancelling it but I think now people are realising that it's not our fault it's, it's the fault of the pandemic and and you know, no one is to blame, really. We're just trying to do our best and, and get through it and, you know, keep everyone safe. And so you started a podcast during lockdown. Was this something that you ever thought about doing or was it just because you're like, I have this spare time on my hands? How did it all kind of come to, come about? Um, well, the podcast specifically wasn't something that I thought about doing previously. However, I have always had a huge interest and passion for presenting, uh, whether that's radio or TV or just the idea of having my own show where I'm asking the questions and it's, it's a theme and based on things I enjoy and I find interesting. And, you know, obviously TV shows and radio shows, they have all of their presenters, especially now, and you can't just walk into a station and say, can I have my own show? <laughs> so I just, it was actually suggested to me by a friend of mine who had said, have you ever thought about, you know, doing your own podcast? And it, it was something I'd never really looked into before. And if I'm being completely honest, whenever it was suggested to me, I was a bit kind of, you know, I don't know anything about podcasts. I listen to them, but I don't know how, you know, the background of them or how you actually make one and then I thought you know what I'm going to look into it further and the more I did the more I actually became really interested and then you know it was almost like a new challenge for me and something to focus on because at the minute everything I normally focus on isn't possible so I was like I need a new a new something to put all of my energy into and it turned out the more I looked into it the more I studied then I started, you know, trying to come up with ideas of what I could actually have on, as in the theme of the podcast, what would it be about, and guests and things. And it just kind of snowballed and everything just kind of fell into place. Everyone I, I was asking were, were really up for coming on. And, you know, that we launched literally on Christmas Day. And it's, it's literally over 8,000 downloads so far already. It's, it's insane. You know, it's, it's never the reaction I anticipated or expected it was something I was doing just to try for fun and see if you know see if anyone liked it because I knew I was enjoying doing them so to feel like people are actually really enjoying listening to them and it's helping other people have a distraction throughout this whole thing is is really rewarding so I'm absolutely loving them so far How do you find being the person that asks the questions now because obviously in my job I'm used to that but if if the tables were turned I don't know how I would cope with being the person and answering them so it must be strange for you <laughs> doing the other side of it I, I love it you know I love it because I'm, I one thing that I have learned from being asked the questions for so long is that quite a lot of the time the same questions are asked so you're almost if you're for example if you're promoting a tour or if you're on a, doing for a single or you're doing you know there tends to be 
a, a kind of maybe 10 standardish questions that you're bound to get asked maybe three or four in every interview and I found that the interviews I enjoy most are ones that, that really just ask questions that haven't been asked before mm. so that's what I've I've found whenever I'm interviewing my guests like I have known 95% of them before now um, I know a bit about their background so I wanted to find out more of the things that we don't know and that they haven't been asked and I think that that's that's something that people have enjoyed as well because they're finding out some more information about their famous singer or you know model or TV presenter that they might not necessarily have heard before so that's something I'm very conscious of doing as well What was the biggest one so far? What's got the biggest reaction of your, all your chats so far? Biggest reaction? Um, they've all been very different guests for different audiences music wise so far I'd say it's between Derek Ryan and Brian Kennedy and Zahi O'Shea also got a really really strong reaction he, he was one of the, the favourites so far which is which was lovely because he's just a genuinely lovely lovely guy as well so I really enjoyed that one I haven't heard his one yet I must listen to that one I listened to um, Brian's there a couple of weeks ago and it was like I know a lot about Brian but it was very good to hear you know the, the life free singer you know the life in the north and the troubles and yeah. that kind of stuff and you forget I suppose when someone's got a career that long that that all was the formative uh-huh. years you know yeah 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 <laughs> to, to bring him to where he is today yeah and so let's yeah. for you yourself you know people probably feel like they know you you know because you have been on the country scene for so long and the music scene so you were born in Glasgow but mm-hmm. you're both your parents are Irish yeah so tell me how they ended up over in Scotland um, well, my mum's from Donegal and my dad is from Tyrone in Castle Derg. And my dad's family, they left Castle Derg. My, my grandparents took all of them from Castle Derg to Glasgow in 69 because it was literally at the height of the Troubles. And my dad has five brothers and it was they were at an age where they were going to be kind of in trouble or involved or you know because they would have had no choice so before any of that came into play my par- my grandparents just said no it's far too dangerous we're moving to Glasgow and that's how he ended up over there my mum's family moved over to Glasgow for work my grand my granda was looking for work in Glasgow so they they kind of grew up over there and they met at a dance hall um, but they still have you know very strong connections they still have family over here um, we have a holiday home in Donegal and you know we spent in Donegal growing up for holidays and things so I still even though I was I was born and raised in Glasgow I was very very familiar with the Irish way and you know I was still technically kind of brought up in a, in a typical Irish household even though we were across the water And when you would come over to Ireland was there massive differences you know I know obviously it was a very harsh time in, in the, um, the north at the time Was were you seeing that or were you kind of taken away from that side of things anytime you were brought up here? No, no thankfully we were, we were very lucky um, but the time, like I was born in 88, you know whenever I was we were brought over on holidays the majority of the time we would spend in Donegal um, so we were kind of sheltered from that but don't get me wrong we did go and visit our our family in, in Castle Derg and Tyrone but I suppose I was, I was too young to even notice yeah. the, the, the troubles had all kind of calmed down by that time anyway um, so there was, there was nothing 
like it was a very rare occasion that you would see some sort of incident happening or, or surrounding you so I think my mum and dad done a great job of, of kind of keeping that keeping us safe from that and sheltered by you know still bringing us to Ireland and, and showing us that it's not all about that you know it's an incredible place the people are amazing and you know we got to see that side of it which was incredible and so you were growing up over there and you knew you wanted to be a singer straight away or was it something that people kind of said you should do this um, well, I, I was an Irish dancer for, for 12 years, first of all, and I had to give up dancing because I had problems with my feet. So I was completely, that totally consumed my time for so long. And then when I finished dancing, I was kind of looking for something else to, you know, to do with my time. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed singing whenever I was dancing, but I just never, it was, you know, I never really paid much attention to it. It was never something I thought, oh, maybe I could, I'm not sounding, you know, the worst in the world at this. Um, and the more I kind of started singing then after dancing, my mum and dad would, would hear, you know, hear me singing in my room or whatever the case may be. And the more I'd done it, the more I really enjoyed it to the point where I'd come home and I'd literally sing all evening and then go to bed. And I would just be called for dinner in between times. So my mum and dad, they knew how much I really enjoyed it. And then at any kind of fam- family occasion or, or party, people you know having a sing song my mum and dad would always kind of say you know why don't you sing a song and I would always be very very shy like it took a lot of convincing to actually get me to do it um, nine times out of the ten I would scan the room and see if mum's looking for me and make do a runner and hide before she even you know suggested that I sing something so the more I'd done it then I, I really enjoyed it and you know I kind of got over the whole stage fright thing with regards to family parties and it just kind of transcended from there. People kind of began to hear that I was singing and then I was asked to sing at funerals and, and some weddings and that's kind of how it started. And the more I, I done it, then the more I realized I really, really wanted to actually make it, you know, make it my, my job if, if at all possible. And thank God I did. <laughs> Do you remember your first kind of what you would call, I suppose, your professional gig that wasn't, you know, the weddings or the family's occasions? Yeah, the first professional gig I'd done was I there was a ra- there's a radio station in Donegal called Highland Radio yeah. and they would have done trips to Glasgow music trips where they brought coaches of people over and it was like a weekend event where they had booked bands and people from Glasgow obviously could, could go to it as well and it was a really big weekend you know there's a real big connection with Donegal and, and Glasgow as well so everyone really looked forward to it a couple of times a year and I went to, along to one of them uh, in particular and and it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and on the Friday night, I, my, I, someone put my name up to sing at the after party. There was a man called Brian Kerrigan playing the piano and singing, and somebody put my name up, so I, I then went up and sang a song, and people be kind of, kind of stood to attention, not stood to attention, but they, they paid attention and they listened. And after that, then I was approached by one of the DJs at the station and said, you know, really enjoy that. Do you do it? And kind of looking for more information and. They said, are you coming back tomorrow? And I said, um, I can, if, if you think I should. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Why don't you come on and, and we'll, we'll let you sing a song in, in the main concert. You know, you can start the concert off and the show. So that was the first opportunity I got to perform, literally on a stage in front of a thousand people. And uh, the nerves were just 
stuff in me. <laughs> but it was a great experience and it was, you know, it was a really great thing for them to do, literally just to say, here's a fantastic opportunity. And I just thought, I'm going to grab it with both hands. And that was kind of the start of it, really. And obviously, from what I see, it seems like it snowballed because it seems like you suddenly came onto the country music scene and you, then you were everywhere. But did it happen that quickly for you? No, no. I mean, it, it took a lot of work. I'm someone who really thrives on that and, and strives on and working hard to achieve things and you know I wasn't afraid of, of doing whatever it took to actually make it happen and make opportunities possible and you know I would have I drove the length of myself delivering off CDs to, to DJs in order to ask them to play them and, and get the word out there and we would have done shows whenever I first went on the road and you know sometimes there would have been 15 people there or sometimes there would have been 100 people there and it took a long time for that to actually build the audience and and get the name out there so people sometimes forget about all of the grafting and, and all of the years that you actually had to, to work really hard to get to where you are um, it doesn't happen overnight for everyone and you know I'm, I'm so glad that it didn't because I learned a lot um, in every aspect of, of the business in that time um, and about myself as well so I wouldn't change it well, I- A lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I suppose it does take a lot of, you know, self-belief and self-courage to get up in front of, as you said, 15 people one night. You know, that could easily break you down if you had to do that a few nights in a row. You're like, oh, is this actually working? You know, is there yeah. more people coming? And you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself to go, no, I, I know that I can do this. I can get this up to 20. I can get this to 50. I can get it to 100. Yeah, yeah. I think because I was touring so much, um, you know, I would have been doing three, four nights a week and, you know, there could have been one night, there could have been 100, the next night could have been 20, the next night could have been 60, you know, so there were certain areas where I knew I needed to build and certain areas where it was working better than others. So, you know, we tried to then be clever with booking the dates and, and making sure that over the weekend we kind of averaged out on, on at least or as close to breaking even as possible um, it took a long time to actually build and, and make you know a profit from, from any of the shows people don't realise the, the, the money that has to be actually invested into paying for, for musicians and you know sound equipment and 
vans or lorries or you know it, it takes an awful lot of money to be invested before you actually make anything back um, but again it's all part of, of learning what's working what the audience wants in certain areas do they prefer certain songs you know you have to cater to the audience and 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 hopefully next time, you know, they'll be back and they might even bring a couple of friends with them as well. It seems like there's a, maybe this is just me now, but it seems like there's a huge want for it here in Ireland for that style of music. We've seen, I used to live beside the Three Arena and every time that country festival was on, it was on for the weekend. I swear there was more people there than that would be at Little Mick. You know, there was like old people, young people, male, female, you know, country, Dublin. It was insane, like the amount of people that would flock for those events. Yeah, well, I mean, I think for for the Irish country genre or scene that I, I was part of for, for 10 years, it was more popular in rural areas. And, you know, it was certainly more popular with the younger generation whenever the likes of Nathan came on onto the scene and myself and Derek Ryan and Cleona and, you know, all of those artists, we, we kind of brought a younger fan base to the genre. So it gave it another kind of burst of life per se mm. it's tough to actually break any sort of ground in you know the likes of Dublin or in the cities either because it wasn't that popular or as popular so now that I am you know over the last couple of years I've re- released a lot more of my own music which is definitely more of a country pop style and I'm not you know touring and doing the, the dance halls or um, any of the, the venues that I would have been doing I'm almost kind of starting again in one way because I'm trying to break you know I'm still Lisa but I'm also I'm bringing out it's almost like a fresh Lisa so in order to try and you know keep my existing fan base with me and, and bring on new people it's, it's another challenge again so it's one that I'm really looking forward to and that's what we had planned for 2020 was to, to get that going um, but you know as you said at the start the, the pause button has, has definitely been pressed for that but I'm, I'm really excited for that challenge to, to get back on stage again and do what I love and are you using this time or have you used some of this time to kind of start getting that in your head what the styles of music you want to do and the type of songs you want to be writing and producing yeah I mean we've released six um, sorry five singles so far um and they're all in in one country um, sound to them, and that's exactly the the direction that I want to go in. It's it's songs that I, I wrote myself, um, so I've found it very natural to kind of lean towards that that sound and, and production. I definitely love the American country artists that are are huge today in Nashville, and they're they're a massive inspiration. And that's the that's the goal. I want to be up there with them, and I want to be doing my own you know, arena tours and, you know, the country to country festivals and um that's that's the ultimate goal. So it's it's making sure that we part carve the right path to, to get there as a is the way to go and it must be hard as well because you you have to keep your uh, fan base who've been there from the start you want to keep them um, but Mm -hmm. you want to be different as well to get the new people and you're like I can't offend anybody I want to have the new people but also the people who've been there for me like that is a that is a challenge Absolutely, you know, and I would never, I would never want it to come across like I'm, I'm turning my back on on the existing mm-hmm. fan base on what I've achieved or what I've been involved in or what I've released so far. So I'm, I'm incredibly proud of, of everything I've done to date, and you know, I'm very, very lucky that I have 
such loyal fans um, who have supported me from day one to this day and you know at the end of the day you're never going to please everyone all the time um, and I think it's part of growing as an artist, as a songwriter, as a performer. I just want to, you know, con- consistently challenge myself and grow. Um, and hopefully, you know, people understand that and appreciate it. And, you know, I want to continuously give my fans new, fresh songs and music and, and take them along with me. So hopefully they they come on board. And thank- so far, it's been incredible. You know, the reaction has been fantastic. So I just want that to continue and hopefully we can grow it even bigger and better. Well, I've no doubt they will stick with you. Your fans are very loyal. Um, and we see that with all the, you know, the country music stars who come here, as you mentioned, the Nathans, the Cleaners and stuff like that. Is it harder as a woman to be breaking into that, to this industry? Or is it, you know, is the country music scene quite accepting towards women? Um, it is very hard to be a woman um, and to make it work because the the business itself you know, and maybe not even just the country scene, but uh, I suppose I can only speak for that that scene. You know, because I, I know it so well. It's primarily male orientated, and it's sometimes hard to get you know males to listen to you and actually take you serious and, and believe that you can do just as good of a job as you know one of the guys can. Mm. Um, and that you know, I certainly had times where. I felt like I wasn't good enough or someone else was just being chosen just because they were male and, you know, they might bring another 20 people in. Mm -hmm. But I was never actually given the opportunity, you know, to prove yourself and that's where it takes a lot of determination to prove them wrong. Um, And also you have to stand up for yourself. I I learned that as well. You're not going to get anywhere if you just allow people to walk all over you. So there were times where I had to, you know, say, hang on a minute here, you know, I I could easily do just as good of a job or I can do 10 minutes extra, the same as everyone else. Um, And they then listen to you if you were willing to put your foot down and say, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to just be walked all over. That's when they then thought, okay, we'll give you the opportunity. And that's when you have to deliver. That's when you have to prove them wrong. With that, that, well, fair play to you because it cannot be easy. I know that being in a radio, you know, um, industry as well, that's it's predominantly male. So you know, it's not mm-hmm. easy to stand up and say for what you believe in. And we often find that you'll put up with something for you know longer than maybe you should, but just because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm in my foot's in the door. I really shouldn't be making yeah. a scene, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. You don't want to be creating a fuss or, but you would find, you know, if there was a new guy in town, he wouldn't be long ruffling feathers. And, you know, sometimes it gets more more praise for that. But if it was a female, it'd be like, oh, no, she's too, she's too high maintenance. You know, get her out the door. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, what's wrong with her? She's being a cow. She's a, whereas your man's like, fair play to him, he's ballsy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. As Taylor Swift recently released a song and she hit the nail on the head, it's called The Man. Yeah. Um, I just, as soon as I heard that song, I was like, oh my, she's just wrote the exact song that every female has had to deal with in business. It's a t- it's tough and it's like I know it pays off in the end as you said like you you are where you want to be and where you're going is you know your focus. It's just annoying that you probably had to put an extra year or so in that a male singer maybe wouldn't have had to do. 
Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of if you continue continue to focus on your goal and and continuously, you know, strive to make your yourself a better person and your your craft better, then you will you will obviously come up against obstacles, but you have to be resilient and you have to be determined. You know, if you really want it, you'll you'll get there in the end. But sometimes it's a, an easier road for some people and that might not necessarily be a good thing either because they might not have learned as much as you have mm. you know with those obstacles no oh, you're dead right like you've you've learned things <laughs> that you can also pass down to other women coming up in the industry you know ways to yeah. say listen I went through that you don't have to do that you can do this and that's always yeah. helpful and you know that yourself you know passing that yeah. on to other people and as you've yeah, shown absolutely. the resilience you've you know you started something <clears throat> else you started a podcast you've released music and lockdown you know you've sh- you've put your energy into creating as much as you can while you can't mm-hmm. go out and be on the road mm-hmm. exactly you know I, I, I am great I'm a creative person and I always I, my mind is always on the go um, and I'm always constantly thinking of the next thing that I can be doing I am not one who lies on the couch you know all day and and would go through a complete series in one day I just can't do that Um, unless I'm sick or hungover (laughs) 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 but nine times out of ten you know I have to be getting up and I have to be doing something because I just feel I feel useless if I'm just in the house doing nothing so I have to put that energy towards something and, and have something to focus on I think it's it's much healthier to, to do that than, than just to almost watch the clock tick by yeah and I believe you have a wedding to be planning as well I do congratulations yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> that must be such a something else as well that you can't really plan in a pandemic it's like oh god how do you how do we know how many people we can even invite when this goes ahead I know, I know. But you know what? At the same time, I've just been planning for exactly the dream wedding I've always wanted and a positive person. So I tend to just believe that things are going to actually happen and just until I'm told at the last minute, same way I don't get excited for something, until I'm told at the last minute that it's not happening, then I'll, I'll, you know... If I'm, if I'm in control of it, then I'll believe that it's happening almost just to put the positive energy out there. But it's hard, you know, in one sense, I've been very grateful to have the time because I've been able to plan everything myself and do it all myself. Whereas if I was on tour, like I would have been maybe three or four years ago, I wouldn't have had the time to even, you know, I was rarely at home three, four nights a week. So it has its benefits I suppose having free time to be able to plan everything but as you say you know it's almost you're afraid to have it in the back of your mind thinking is you know is this going to happen or what's going to happen if this happens or how is this going to pan out but I'm literally just trying not to even let that enter my mind just now I'm just focusing on on what we actually want for for our wedding day. Well, that's the perfect way to do it because you know what? In the end, of, at the end, if let's say numbers are cut, you'll have the most important people that you want there, and then that's it. everything else can. Uh, giant parties can be planned for afterwards. 
Exactly. You make a double day out of it. <laughs> two dresses. <laughs> That's what I'd be thinking. I'd be like, hmm, two dresses and lots more presents. Great. Any excuse. <laughs> Lisa, you've been so lovely to speak to today. Thank you so much for giving me oh, so much of your you. time. And as uh, as anyone can get their podcasts anywhere, you can get it on Spotify. I listen on Spotify, but you can get it on Apple and all the usual spots. Lisa McHugh podcast. Yes, they certainly can. And thank you so much for having me on today. I'm, I'm, I've really enjoyed it. And you definitely gave me something else to focus on today. So that's been a bonus. <laughs> Same. I'm like, okay, so now I, just, now I can sit down and read my book for an hour without feeling like I have to get up and do something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lisa, you are a star and lovely, lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. You too. You too. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to me and I really hope you enjoyed it. Do scroll back and see if there's anything else that you might enjoy. And before I let you go, do remember to come and find me on my new podcast, Tis Yourself. Again, talking to celebrities, this time a lot more in depth. So there might be longer episodes there. And we're talking about what was life like before they became famous, the different alternative roads they could have went down, how life changed for them, for good and bad, and so, so, so much more. And of course, the thing that they're best known for. So come and find me, Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden. And I really hope you'll enjoy the new episodes. They're up to date. They're brilliant. There's some great people there. And I'd love your support. So please do come find us. That's Tis Yourself with Nicola Barden.